Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another special episode of Kicks and Picks podcast. I am your host today, Scott. And if you listen, there's nobody else. That's right. It's going to be a solo podcast. You're going to be in good hands, though. Um, Nick and Coach Steve are both busy traveling and tending to uh, other matters. So um, tough to get a, a full group in, but don't be concerned. We have picks for you guys. Of course, we're on a hot streak. So I wanted to make sure that we kept the picks coming for you guys. Currently doing pretty well. We had a great week last week, eight and two plus 4.9 units uh, overall now up to 49, 24 and eight overall, a nice, healthy 19 unit sum on the season. So we're going to keep that momentum going, uh, keep giving you guys winner and, and making sure that uh, you guys are, are rewarded for, for following along with us all season long. If you guys did listen to Nick and my episode on, on Monday, we gave out a bunch of winners in Champions League. I think yeah, on Wednesday, we ended up finishing 7-2-1 and one with a, a couple plus 200 or better winners. Um, so keeping it rolling all throughout into the leagues. Uh, going to keep the regular episode format going, although it's going to be a little lonely with just me. But I uh, want to make sure you guys also get some insights on the other matches that we aren't picking, just in case you're looking to put some money down either way. Uh I think there's no better way to to kick things off than go to probably what would typically be one of the biggest matches of the season if both teams were in form. Alas, one team is not quite in form. Uh, of course, talking Manchester City making that trip to Anfield to play my team, Liverpool. It's no secret that Manchester City are in incredible form right now. They are scoring at will. Uh, they did see a, a little bit of a, a drop in performance against Copenhagen midweek, but that was mostly because they were resting their starters. So uh, I'm not going to read too much into the 0-0 draw here, but I think the question remains, You know, can Liverpool get something out of this match? Can they get a point, a draw, a, a win to maybe restart their season? It's going to be a tough task. Uh, Liverpool in the league have been slumping, to say the least, not really getting any key results in the, in the last few weeks, uh, dropping points to Brighton. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, and then obviously losing to, to Arsenal last weekend. They need something. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen this weekend. Uh, the good news is it looks like Salah is, is starting to come back into form. He's been struggling all season long, really almost all year long since he's gotten back from AFCON. But picked up a, a hat trick, uh, specifically the, the fastest hat trick in Champions League history midweek. So maybe there's a little bit of momentum going there. 4-2-3-1-4-4-2 formation that Klopp has switched over to seems to be working pretty well. Um, although Liverpool still suffering with some injuries. Uh, rumors are that Matip and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold Alexander -Arnold will be out on the weekend. Truth be told, I don't know how much the, the Trent Alexander-Arnold injury is going to negatively impact them. Uh, Joe Gomez looked pretty solid in the right back position. Gives them a little bit more defensive cover, maybe allows the midfielders or those three attacking midfielders uh, or wingers to, to get a little bit further forward up the pitch. I think it also allows Salah on that right wing to play a little bit more centrally. Um, doesn't have to worry about tracking any runners on the wings back because usually Trent tucks in into that narrow position. So maybe it in a weird way, a blessing in disguise, they'll look at a little bit more of a, a defensive uh, safety net with Joe Gomez in, in the right back position. And luckily for them with Matip being out, Kanate is now back healthy. He looked pretty solid uh, midweek against Rangers. So decent cover there. He's got good pace, good size, should be able to keep up with Holland, who I'm guessing he's going to be matched up with um, him and him and uh, uh, Van Dyke. So do they get a point this week? Probably not. 
I think they're they're definitely rounding things out. I don't know if they'll get completely beat down at home. I'm hoping that's not the case. But uh, with the form that City's in, with Holland scoring multiple goals seemingly week in and week out, with De Bruyne being in peak form, uh, you know everybody uh, else in the team. I mean, even um, uh, Foden has been playing pretty much at, at as best as we've seen him so far in his career. So. I think there's going to be plenty of goals in this one. Um, if you like the over, I think the over three and a half is, is where it's at right now. I think it's like right around minus 110, maybe plus 110. Um, it's pretty close to that level. That might be where you want to go with it. But uh, I'm staying away from from picking anything on on either of these teams. Uh, if you really feel so inclined, I think City minus one is, is probably a good bet because if City are going to win, they're going to win by multiple goals. Moving on, we have the other club in Manchester, Manchester United hosting sixth place, Newcastle United. Uh, Manchester United sitting one spot above them in the table at fifth. Question that we're getting a lot right now, do we think that either of these teams can finish in the top four qualifying for Champions League uh, at the end of the season? I mean, United right now are, are certainly on a tear. Um, they've won four of their last five. Obviously, that one loss being against City, so understandable there. Um, not many teams are beating City these days. Uh, Newcastle coming back into form, getting healthier. Nine goals in their last two matches. I think Bruno Guimaraes being back healthy helps them out a lot. But if you're looking at what the table is right now, the four teams above them, Arsenal at first place, you know, probably playing the best that they've played in, in, in a decade. Uh, really like how they've been uh, you know, playing strong attacking football. I think Arteta's got them um, pretty much where he he wants them to be. City right behind them, one point behind them. You just talked about how well they've been playing. And then the other other two teams in the top four right now, Tottenham and Chelsea. Tottenham, I think we've all kind of expected. Um, they did you know, made some pretty good moves in the summer. Uh, definitely looking to, to secure a, a pretty solid position in the top of the table. Um, although defensive liabilities here and there might keep them away from being in the title chase altogether, but again, still fully expect them to be in the thick of it well throughout the season. Uh, and then Chelsea looking like they've turned things around. They obviously moved on from Thomas Tuchel now have Graham Potter in charge. They look much better. Forwards are scoring goals. I think the defensive shape has been strong. Um, so it, it's it's going to be tough. And then obviously there's rumors now with, with Chelsea potentially getting in some help, some serious help in January. Um, not sure if this Nkunku move is going to formalize in time for January. It might be something that they actually do in the summer. But even there, they also have uh, the Croatian defender Gvardiol also rumored to be joining them to help kind of shore up that back three uh, that they kind of run with. So if they get any of those guys in uh, as, as uh, reinforcements in January, I think it's tough to see you know, some of these other teams cracking in. And then, of course, Liverpool right now sitting in, in 10th place. But if they can kind of right the ship and, and you know, if, if this Manchester City match is really going to be the rock bottom for them in the league and then they rebound well, I think they've got five matches for, uh, for World Cup. I think of those five, they're against teams in the bottom like West Ham, Southampton, Leeds. Um, maybe they rebound strong and now they can start pushing for top four in the second half of the season. It's kind of tough. It's tough to see. Um any any of of Newcastle or United really fitting in um you know I will give United credit I think uh, Anthony has been a great signing for them I'm kind of sad to see him in United and, and not playing for Liverpool I thought he would have been a a pretty decent uh option to replace Salah but um hey he made his move maybe a year too soon uh but we'll see he's definitely been helping them out uh Rashford has kind of come true to form now it struggled a bit last season but now he's playing in a more traditional nine role instead of out on the wing he's definitely looked more like himself Still questions at the back. I know they have uh, 
Lissandra Martinez and Rafael Varin helming the center of that back line. But, you know, injuries there, you might see Maguire return. Luke Shaw has been iffy, you know, when he's played. So uh, I think there's there's a lot of questions that can still be asked of this United's team. And, and while they're definitely playing much better now, I think there's definitely room for them to drop points. So I don't know that I see either of those teams finishing in the top four, but definitely I think the deepest top third of the table that we've seen in the Premier League in, in quite some time. Uh, moving on in England, we also have a pretty big match in London. We have Aston Villa sitting in 17th place, hosting, uh, as I mentioned, an informed Chelsea side. Question right now has got to be in, in Aston Villa, is Gerard the right guy for them? Um, lots of questions around whether or not he remains in charge throughout the season. I think there's probably some expectation, at least on the book side, that he gets fired between now and the end of the season. But could it be at the end of this week? Uh, could it be that soon? Um, I don't know that there's a lot of expectation for Aston Villa to get a result here uh, if they're kind of hinging their decision on whether or not Gerrard sticks around through the World Cup based off of a result that they get against Chelsea. I think that's a questionable decision, but if that's the case, then it could be the end for Gerrard in charge because I don't see this Aston Villa side pulling anything out uh, against Chelsea. Um, Aston Villa right now, really their issues have been scoring. Um, they have the second fewest goals in the league so far, which is seven goals scored in nine matches. They're only in front of Wolverhampton right now, who have a, a very measly three goals on the season and also in nine matches. So I don't see them getting you know, enough goals here to keep up with a Chelsea side who, as I just mentioned, their forwards are scoring now. Obama Yang has looked good. Um, Raheem Sterling is, is, is playing a little bit more into his role. Mason Mount had a pretty good uh, game midweek. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. I think the the silver lining is there's definitely some injuries right now for this Chelsea side. Uh, N'Golo Conte is probably going to be out until the World Cup, it seems. Um, I know Reese James picked up an injury midweek against Milan, so he will be out. Uh, and then, you know, elsewhere, it's just been it's been tough. So uh, maybe a little bit of a silver lining there for Aston Villa. Maybe there is a, a glimmer of hope just in the fact that this Chelsea squad that has been doing pretty well in the last few weeks with Potter in charge, maybe have a little bit of a bump in the road due to injuries, but uh, I don't see them getting a point here. I think it's, you know, despite them being the, the home team here, I think this is going to be an all Chelsea kind of match. So we'll see. We'll see if this is the last one for Gerard. I think it'd be tough if, if uh, the decision comes down to how he performs in this one. My expectation is like a lot of these managers that are kind of on the fringe right now, they'll give, they'll be given at least until the world cup, just because of the fixture congest congestion, um, the lack of available managers in right now. So um, I think he sticks around for at least a few more. If he can kind of get some results, maybe not in this match, but in the in the back half of this, uh, you know, first half of the season before the World Cup, maybe he sticks around. But um, hopefully, at least a few more matches for him. Moving into Italy, uh, probably the match of the the weekend there in, in Serie A. We have Lazio hosting Udinese. Uh, both teams are level at twenty points, which ties them at third with Milan. So really tight at the top right now. Uh, the question we have here is, is this going to be the end of Udinese's Cinderella run right now? Um, does it end in Rome? Um, if you've been following along in Serie A, you know Udinese have been pulling out uh, some pretty tight wins over the last few weeks. And then it kind of ended last week uh, with a 2-2 draw uh, against Atalanta, with Atalanta scoring two goals in the second half to come back from that 2-0 deficit. Um, I've said it before, we've had Udinese as our lock a few times on the podcast, and we've kind of suffered through these, these late winners that they've had, um, giving them three points and, you know, sometimes in the stoppage time, sometimes in the, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes, uh, 
Um, so it was only a matter of time, I think, until the 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 other shoe drops, so to speak. Um, Lazio, on the other hand, have been as hot as they've been um, in, in quite some time. I think they've got three consecutive games with four goals scored. Um, also three consecutive clean sheets or four consecutive clean sheets, excuse me. Uh, they won 2-0 against uh, Verona um, prior to that. So uh, they are in uh, the best form that they've been in an undersari. Um, and it's not just because of Chiro Immobile, who has been, you know, their their talisman, their their key guy up top for for several seasons now. They're getting goals from from a lot of people. Luis Alberto has, has scored. Um, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic has been scoring. Um, Matija Zakaragni has been scoring. So getting goals from, from multiple places. It's a good sign. It's good, good team uh, football. I don't think Unese have enough to, to, to get another, uh, pull another rabbit out of the hat. Um, I think this is definitely where maybe they, their form starts to shift a little bit and maybe they kind of drop back to, to where teams kind of, or where people expected them to be um, at the beginning of the season. And lastly, we'll, we'll close this out before we get over to picks with uh, our, our favorite team, Juventus. Torino right now, 11th place, are hosting Juventus, who are sitting only two spots above them um, with just two points between them. So question we have here is, does Torino leapfrog Juventus in the table after this weekend? That's tough. I mean, it's a tough one to to pick. Um, we have officially banned Juventus from the bet slip in this, this podcast. They are so inconsistent. Whenever we pick them one way, the results go the other way. We zig, they zag. It's been brutal for for year i guess at least a year it's not just been the season it goes back to last season um yeah it, it's also a case of the the movable force meets the stoppable object uh torino uh, only one point in their last four matches um nikola vlasic has been really their only spark going forward not scoring goals really relying on their defense who uh you know, lost one of their their key players in bremer to juventus ironically uh in the summer um, so it, it's going to be a game where the, the under prevails. I think the under two and a half right now is sitting at like minus 160, minus 150. It's not, not great. Um, but you know, maybe the play there is you take under two, um, you take a push at two, if that so happens, I don't, you know, it, it, it's going to be whoever gets that lucky, you know, touch it, whoever, wherever the ball falls. And if someone just gets the right touch on it and gets that goal, that might be enough to get three points. Could be Torino, could be Juve. It's very fluky. I think it's always tough to bet against Vlahovic if, if you're betting on a game to finish one nothing because he's usually the guy that can get it done. And if Coach Steve is here, he'd tell you that he's scoring in, in more ways now than he used to back when in Fiorentina. He's scoring off of free kicks now. It's not just the, the same old, same old. So uh, I don't know that it happens. I could see this being a 0-0 draw, honestly. I could also see it being a 1-1 draw where maybe Torino gets something at, in the last few minutes as, as Juve so like to do so often do sit back after they get that, you know, one old lead. Um, so I, I would not bet on Trino getting three points here, but then again, I don't bet on Juventus in general. So take it for what it's worth. All right. Now we'll move into the picks, our hat trick of picks. So I have picks. I have my three picks for you guys this week. Coach also was able to send in his three picks. And then we have our pod lock. Nick, unfortunately has been traveling all week, has not had a chance to look at the lines barely got in his Europa League and Champions League picks. So um, we will only be giving you guys seven picks this week. Uh, the good news is this episode is probably going to be a good 30 minutes shorter. So your your time spent will still be well worth it. Um, my first pick this week, 
it's got to be Manchester City to score in both halves against Liverpool. It's plus 120, which is crazy to me. Um, as I mentioned, Manchester City have been scoring at will. They have 33 goals on the season. And Liverpool's defense has been shaky at best. Um, the high line has been getting kind of exposed a bit. They haven't been pressing as much, so that allows a lot of runners to get in behind them. We also talked about their uncanny streak to concede first. I think that happens again here, although this that line is only minus 190, so it's not really any good value, but I can easily see City getting up early in the first half. Um, whether or not Liverpool keep it close, you know, we'll see, but uh, either way, I, I think City are going to need to score in the second half. That didn't happen uh, on the weekend. Um, we didn't see them score. Actually, sorry, that did happen on the weekend. So they did win both halves uh, on the weekend. That was my lock last week. Um, but we didn't ha- see it happen in midweek. Again, they rested players, so I'm not going to be too concerned with that. Uh, I think they easily get uh, on the score sheet in the first and second half here. And at plus 120, it's really good value. So, uh, again, could be a beatdown from City. I know Pep would love nothing more to to get a, a nice, decisive victory over Klopp, who's been kind of the only team to be a thorn in their side in, in England. Um, obviously, they've had their struggles in Champions League. But as far as England has gone in the league, uh, and, and and cup rounds, it's been Liverpool or, or as the only real uh, adversary that's that's been difficult for for Pep to get by. So a nice lopsided victory here, I'm sure, would be a little feather in his cap that he'll he'll be looking to get. My second lock of the week is my old faithful going back to the well, Wolverhampton versus Nottingham Forest under two and a half. It's minus one thirty. Wolves unders have been automatic this season. Um, I did not take it last week, and thank God I did not because Chelsea scored a 90th-minute goal to make it 3-0. They also had their opening goal scored in stoppage time of the first half. I think that would have given me a heart attack. I would not be here to be the sole member of Kicks Picks Pod to give you guys the picks this week if I had taken that one. So dodge that bullet. Coming right back to it, though, because Nottingham Forest have been putrid. Um, They have not been scoring either. They've also only scored seven goals on the season. So similar number to Aston Villa. Um, Maybe their form is coming around. We've said that like three weeks running, though. Um, So not really sure what what to expect from them, although they did just give uh, their manager an extension to 2025, when I think a lot of people were kind of expecting him to maybe get the sack. Um, instead it was the recruiting department that has been fired and let go at Nottingham forest for bringing in 23 players that frankly, aren't going to be used this season. So I don't see Nottingham forest putting up multiple goals here. Wolverhampton, um, only three goals on the season themselves. So not exactly a a lethal threat going forward under two and a half should be a lock, uh, lock of the week, lock of the month, call it what you want. Minus one thirty, not a bad price to pay for it either. My third and final lock of the week. Arsenal at Leeds first half money line. It's plus 100. So even money. This is crazy to me. I mean, Arsenal, again, sitting in the first place, top of the table. They also get out to a a fast start in every match they play. It seems like they're scoring goals early and often. Uh, Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus and and Saka are getting forward. They're making runs in behind the defense. And if Nick was here, he would tell you how bad leads have been uh, at the back. Um, They love to concede goals. So I can easily see Arsenal getting on the score sheet at least once, if not twice, um, getting taking a nice lead into halftime. Even money, I think, is a really good number for this. Um, I don't see Leeds putting up much of a, a fight, especially with with Arsenal being the home team. So um, also on the flip side, Leeds are missing Sinistera still to a red card. Um, he's been one of their better attacking players, especially since uh, Rafael has left. Uh, or sorry, Rafinha has left. So uh, not really a, a strong 
uh, side going to be coming from the Leeds team this weekend. Um, and they only have two points in their last five matches anyways, so not exactly great form for them either. Uh, I'd expect Arsenal to win this one pretty handedly. And like I said, usually when they win, they get out to a quick start. So expect them to get that lead in the first half and, and carry it into the second. All right. Moving on to coach's picks, his hat trick of picks. We are starting in Rome, Lazio hosting Udinese. He's taking the over two and a half at minus 140. Coach thinks these are two of the best attacking sides in Serie A right now. Lazio, as we mentioned, has scored four goals in three consecutive matches. Uh, and then if you include that Hellas Verona game, that's 14 and four. It's a pretty strong number at this moment. Uh, Udinese, Doing okay. They've scored multiple goals in five straight, 14 goals. So not as strong as Lazio, but still getting the job done. Um, yes, Lazio have kept four straight clean sheets, but probably not going to happen here. So even if Udinese can just chip in one goal to help, that's all that should be needed uh, in a match that maybe Lazio get three on their own. So taking the over two and a half, minus 140, pretty good number. And uh, just lock it in while you can, because this is one that you're likely to see the line shift. Second lock of the week for coach. We have Monza draw no bet at Empoli at plus 110. I know a Monza pick in the lock of the week that is daring, but Monza are finally showing that potential that I think a lot of Serie A fans kind of expected during the, the summer. Uh, they brought in a, a quite a few players in a, in a busy transfer market and Palladino had them starting pretty quickly. They had three, I think three straight victories uh, once he took over. Um, Ampoli at, at the same time have only won one game all season. So taking that Monza draw no bet should be pretty safe. You're probably not going to lose your money here. You know, worst case scenario, you get that draw, that weird fluky draw that can sometimes happen in, in these league matches. So protect yourself with a draw no bet. It's going to be plus 110 either way. So you'll get your money back and then some with a win. Lock that one in as well early because that's another one that's likely to see the line shift. Lastly, Coach's third lock of the week, Coach Worldwide returns. He is taking Lorient Moneyline versus Reims. It is plus 125. Lorient is second in League One right now, and they are winners of six straight, riding a hot hand for sure. Uh, meanwhile, Reims have only scored eight points in their last 10 matches, so not exactly in flying form for them. It's a weird line. Uh, Coach can't really make sense of it, so... If it seems too good to be true, sometimes it is. But in this case, you just can't pass up 125 plus 125. That's a lot of value to just concede to the books. So take advantage of this one. Um, this could be one of those times where you have or coaches the sharp and you can follow along. So lock that one in. Lorient money lines versus Reams at plus 125. Closing the episode, we now have our pod lock. Our pod lock is five and one and four on the season. Only the one loss. So really it's a safe bet week in and week out. I think we are up to uh, plus three and a half units now, maybe four, somewhere around there. So you're, you're getting your, your money's worth with this one. Uh, this week, look no further than that Chelsea money line at Aston Villa. It's minus 125. I told you guys, I don't see Gerard keeping uh, a clean sheet here. I also don't see Villa scoring more than one goal. Um, I think Chelsea will be coming out, even though they're injured uh, on the front foot. Uh, Obama Yang has been in good form. I can see him getting on the score sheet on this one. So depending on the lineups, depending on what the odds are, if, if he's sitting at like plus 150 to plus 200, somewhere in that range for any time goal score, maybe you take him, but that is not the pod lock. The pod lock is Chelsea money line. It's minus 125. 
it's pretty good value for a team that is in top form, taking on a team that is in basically relegation form. So um, walk, not walk, run to the books, get this one in. Uh, this line is also sure to change because I think there's going to be a lot of money coming in on Chelsea uh, as we get closer and closer to kick. That's it. You made it through the episode with just me. We will be back on Monday morning. Nick and I will be back Monday morning with our uh, week five, match week five Champions League picks. We'll be breaking down uh, the second to last week of, of the group stage. So getting close to, to knowing who our, our winners and advancers are going to be, who's going to be dropping to Europa and, and who's going to be just knocked out of Europe altogether. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully Coach and Nick are, are back next week. We'll, we'll have a regular episode uh, next Thursday. Guys, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening and sticking with me through this. Uh, we're going to try and get 7-0 this week. If we go 7-0 this week, I think Nick is going to have to we'll, – we'll figure some punishment out for Nick because we've been trying to get you guys an undefeated week all season long. I think we've come close in four or five consecutive weeks. Um, hopefully this is the one. And if it's the one that just so happens to be the episode without Nick, then, you know, he's going to have to make it up to us. We'll put it lightly. Uh, so that's the show. Appreciate you guys sticking in. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. It helps us uh, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it wherever you want. 